the growth rate and the penetration rate of mobile money and digital money has been really strong. But for us to go fully digital, so there's a lot more work to be done. And that's why we keep on launching new services, launching new products, educating the market, going outside of the metros. We are always on the lookout for new frontiers, areas that we haven't gone into. Welcome to the Payments Powerhouses podcast, where we discuss current trends with the movers and shakers in the fintech industry, brought to you by 2C2P, Asia's leading payment solutions provider. Hello everyone, I'm Suhan, your host for the Payments Powerhouses show. Our guest today is Ferdi Perez, the head of commercial product at Gcash, which is Philippines super app. Hi Ferdi, how are you? Hey, thanks for having me here, Suhan. Nice to be here. So, Ferdi, can you tell me more about your career journey? How do you end up at Gcash? I've been at Gcash for almost five years now. You know, in Gcash, it's kind of long, right? <laughs> because the massive growth of Gcash has happened maybe past two, three years. So when we expanded, we expanded the number of people as well. So majority of the people are relatively new. So being in Gcash for the last five years, I've kind of seen the transition and really happy to say that Gcash is in a good place. Before Gcash, I was mostly in tech companies as well. I was in OLX Carousel, so doing business verticals there as well. Before that, I was in Agoda. But before that, I was actually in the company before Mint. The Mint before Mint, so we call that BPI Globe Banco. So that's where it spun off before Mint was created. So when I got back to Gcash, most of the people were kind of familiar to me because they were the same people from that old company. Yeah. So there were synergies even before you joined Gcash. Yeah, for sure. And so Gcash today has over 60 million users in the Philippines. And it has captured over 83% of the Philippines' adult population. In that way, you are now the top mobile wallet in the Philippines. And that's super incredible. Are you able to walk us through your success story? Like when do you start seeing a surge in adoption of Gcash? Like what are the factors? I think it's always being purposive in what we do. It starts with us understanding what our customers need and focusing on that customer. It starts with having to open an account in an easy way. So we employ digital platforms like we have an EKYC platform. Next is we need to have funds in your wallet. We wanted to make it easier for people to put in funds inside the wallet. So we have more than 350,000 brick and mortar points where people can convert physical cash to digital money. We were connected to more than 50 banks. So people can easily transfer funds to Gcash. Now that you have funds inside your wallet, it's about using those funds. Where can you use Gcash? And now you talk about ubiquity. You want to make Gcash available, whether that's a small mom-and-pop store or a big restaurant or a big shopping center, online shopping sites. It's about making Gcash available everywhere and anywhere. And then engagement. You want to make people continue using your platform, right? So all of these things. And the fact that the user experience has always been a main focus. When the pandemic happened, Gcash was there for the Filipino people. It's one of the few things that actually worked. Even before that, Gcash had already had the products, the use cases. But then the pandemic kind of highlighted the pain points. Why? Because people didn't have a choice. If you wanted to pay a bill... Before, you had to go out, go to the town proper, and pay for your bill. You can't do that anymore. Hence, they had no choice but to use online platform. And Gcash was the preferred method for that. 
and aside from that, a lot more use cases that people discovered through GCash. For example, the government distributed billions of pesos to Filipinos who actually needed help. And before, it took them months to do that. GCash took days. So through GCash, people were able to receive much-needed help from the government. Number two, GCash was used by a lot of businesses that sprung up during the lockdown. When people lost their jobs or they wanted extra income, a lot of Filipinos turned to entrepreneurship. And GCash was the main method that supported them to actually do those businesses. Because if you're selling online, selling over social media channels, uh, messaging apps, GCash was the preferred way to get payments from these new businesses. Social gatherings were not feasible. Hence, gifting, Christmas, birthdays, GCash was used during the lockdown. So we tweaked our peer-to-peer to have send money clips, videos, greetings. So again, just understanding what the people needed during that time. And of course, the stability of the platform and the scalability of the platform. Right in time for the pandemic, we actually migrated to a new platform that enabled us to grow seamlessly. So regardless of how much the traffic grew, we were able to support it. It's really just finding more and more ways to make it available to people and thinking about what they actually need. Was there any challenges that GCash faced initially during your growth and how do you guys overcome it? I guess in general before, it's about the adaptability of mobile money, mm. right? It's also the adoption and the awareness and the education. Education and awareness is key. You can't change behavior overnight, but highlighting why digital money is important, what are the benefits over physical cash. We took a lot of effort and investment in doing these things. We do a lot of financial literacy, especially in the Philippines where before around one-fifth are included in formal financial sector. But through a concerted effort, whether that's digital, on-ground, promoting financial literacy, not more than half have access to formal financial services. Before, the government, I think, had a target of by 2020, they needed to have 20% of money flow going through digital money. And because of the wallets, Gcash specifically, we were able to go beyond that target. And I think now close to 50% of the target is going through digital money. So I'm keen to know, like, was infrastructure ever an issue while expanding beyond metropolitan areas? Honestly, that's still something that we are working on. Right now, we are actually trying to expand more on the non-traditional channels. So we call them sari-sari stores. Yeah. Right? So right now, I think we have more than 350,000 cash endpoints. The idea is it should be easy and convenient for them to put money inside the wallet. Because otherwise, if you don't have money in your wallet, then you won't be able to use the wallet at all. Mm. So now that you have funds, then it's about the use cases. So this is where the ecosystem development comes in you need to find a reason for people to use your wallet. So when you go out and expand in the regions, you need to have merchants accepting Gcash. So what are key merchants in regions? Like local utilities. So I would use Gcash so that I can pay for my local utility in a cheaper way, more convenient way. So basically a lot of effort has been put in place to make sure that the touch points and the ecosystem supporting the environment is there for the consumers to use Gcash easily as well. So Gcash started with money transfers, right? And today you're expanding into other products like bill payments, remittance, and online shopping. What are some of the consumer business needs that they are hoping to serve or expand to? Like what can we look forward to? The goal has always been to make Gcash relevant every day. So when you look at where people spend, 
think about it again from a Maslow's hierarchy perspective. People need to spend on necessities. Mm. Food, transportation, utilities. So we want to make GCash available in all of these possible merchants. When you go a little bit higher, now that you have fulfilled your basic needs, you eat out, you travel, mm. so more on the lifestyle. So GCash has been developing and expanding the number of merchants we have there as well and creating our own lifestyle proposition through GLife. You know, leveraging on the mini program platform, we try to add more and more use cases there where people can actually have food delivered, shop, acquire services, all of these things. And then now you go up a little bit higher than that. When you have more disposable income, then this is where the financial services come in. We have savings. We call it G-Save. I think recently one out of five bank accounts are actually open through GCash. And that was really one of the main reasons why the uh, promotion and availability no, of formal financial service really happened through GCash. Insurance, that's one of the things that GCash entered into and we moved the needle in that industry. We have investments as well and then lending, of course. We want to make it easy for people to have access to formal lending because previously, how did people get access to lending? Informally. And the interest rates were really high. It's unsecured. So we want to give them access to legitimate lending products. So in all of these things that we tried to enter, GCash really moves the needle there. By far, GCash has been the biggest in terms of the market share. So maybe for the benefit of our listeners, perhaps you can share before G-Loan, how do businesses or people get the loans from? We call them 5 six in the Philippines because it's 20% interest rate, right? So because it's informal, it's basically quote-unquote peer-to-peer lending. So unsecured, uncollateralized, no documents. But they are forced to pay high interest rates because they don't have the necessary tools and requirements to get access to formal loan from mm-hmm. banks. In GCash, you only need an ID to open an account. You don't need documents. No? When you loan from a bank, you need salary document, income documents. GCash, you don't need that. The way we do our lending primarily is based on our G-score. We have our own scoring facility that's solely based on your behavior, your transactions within the platform. So the more you use GCash, the more you are part of the ecosystem, the higher your score is, mm-hmm. and the more availability of all funds you get. So whether that's a small ticket size loan, we call that credit, it's a revolving credit line. We've expanded that to our own version of BNPL, so we call it GGIVS, and then we also have cash loans now. So we try to expand the lending products that we have and increasing the size of the loanable amount as well. That's really interesting. Currently, this G-score, I assume it can be used across the Gcash ecosystem. Can it be used outside of that as well? One thing that we're actually trying to really do now is to leverage on the tools that we have as a platform. Aside from credit score, it's also our KYC platform. Mm -hmm. So we actually productize that. We call it G-Connect. So we know that a lot of businesses, a lot of platforms have a need for KYC, user behavior. And we connect that with different platforms so that they don't need to do it themselves. Because Gcash is probably one of the richest data in the country, right? Especially when you talk about not only identity, but we know how much they spend, how much is in their wallet, where they spend, Mm -hmm. and all of these things. So we have actually a good idea of who the person is. When you talk about profiling, I think we have more than 50 user profiles, which makes it very relevant for companies to advertise to our base because we know if they are foodies, gamers, all of these personas. We're able to craft that through the data that we have. 
Speaking of data, right, in light of evolving fraud threats, what are the measures Gcash has put in place to address some of like, the consumer's concern about data privacy and security? Oh, that's very important to us. Because as a wallet, as a financial product, trust is one of the very first things that you need. People need to trust your platform, especially you're talking about money. So we have instituted a lot of measures. We've been using security measures or a digital KYC platform so that you know we actually have an idea of who the user is. Recently, there was a move to remove links in the SMS. So we were one of the first to comply to that. Another example is when we mask the names of users when they send money because there are concerns about you're giving away my name. So we acted on that quickly. Like in a matter of days, we were able to change it. We are constantly looking at these things and tweaking, optimizing, because trust and safety is very important to us. That's great. And I came across a feature called GForest. Could you share with our listeners what is GForest and the intention of it? GForest is part of an engagement play, wherein when you transact, when you use your GCash app, you actually earn points. And then the more points you get, you'll be able to plant a real tree. So we actually worked with a legitimate third party that computes the actual carbon footprint you save when you transact. So for example, when you transact for bills payment, you earn 253 green points. It's also about sustainability. During the week in the FinTech Festival, a lot of talk has also been on sustainability. And we also want to do our part there. So speaking of expansion, right? Are there any plans beyond Philippines? Okay. So interesting question because when we talk about finance for all in the Philippines, we don't only mean Filipinos within the Philippines. We also talk about the 10 million Filipinos in other countries. So the international plays is the key focus for us. Because when you talk about the migrants, maybe the first use case for them is sending money back. Actually, right now, more than 30% of them send money back to the Philippines via GCash. So we want to strengthen that. So international uh, remittance is one. Recently, we've also opened up cross-border payments. Actually, in Singapore, you can look for a QR and you can pay via GCash. So we've launched that recently in Singapore, in Korea, Japan, Malaysia, and soon in European countries and more countries to follow. That's just a way for us to make GCash relevant to all Filipinos, whether they are in the Philippines or outside of the Philippines. That's cool. And how is GCash complementing other digital payments initiatives like QRPH? So QRPH is the version of, what do you call it, Singapore? PayNow? PayNow, yeah. So that's the Philippines version of that where QRs are interoperable, meaning whoever acquired that merchant, any issuer can scan that QR and pay. So GCash is very supportive of that initiative. When it comes to the merchants, we also want to offer them more beyond QR payments. But we understand that it's important no, for QRPH to be successful, to make it easy for people to scan. And it's not only locally, but also internationally. The governments are working together to make cross-border payments a lot easier. From GCash standpoint, are there any new products in the pipeline? Anything you can share? What can the users look forward to? We're always trying to unlock new products to stay more relevant to the user and be more relevant to the market. One thing that we have announced recently is our entry into stocks. So we call it G-Stocks. When we launched G-Invest before, we were able to make investing accessible and easy for people. 
So the way you communicated that is for a cost of a milk tea. Instead of buying milk tea, you can actually have a share of Google. Hence, it was more relatable for the people. And it's the same for global and local stocks. We want to give people access to investing. It's about going beyond their daily need. And if they have more disposable income, then they can start participating in these things. So completing all the different financial services from investment, savings, insurance, loans, and now even to securities. It's basically breaking down barriers for the everyday users to access financial products that was previously not easily accessible or obtainable as well. Is Gcash also involved with cryptocurrencies or CBDCs? There are discussion around that. For crypto, it's also educating people on the risks involved and the benefits of cryptocurrencies. So a platform for trading, buying cryptocurrency, it comes with education on what cryptocurrency is, why people should enter into it. The Philippines is one of the biggest markets in terms of NFTs, primarily because of play-to-earn. Yes, the Axie Infinity. Exactly, Axie Infinity. So we want to continuously support that, but again, make people aware of whatever the benefits and risks of those platforms are. But very interesting, I think crypto in general, it's about finding the utility and the use case of the tokens. From what I can see, Gcash is definitely giving cash a run for its money, so to speak. Do you think Philippines is on its way to being fully cashless? The growth rate and the penetration rate of mobile money and digital money has been really strong. I think the adoption rate in the past two years of digital money has been the biggest jump in terms of adoption since, I think, 2015. Now more than half of the transactions are actually digital money. But for us to go fully digital, so there's a lot more work to be done. And that's why we keep on launching new services, launching mm-hmm. new products, educating the market, going outside of the metros, going to the provinces, working on international. All of these things, like going into new businesses like B2B. So we are always on the lookout for new frontiers, areas that we haven't gone into. Because I think that's the only way for us to really get to that 100% goal. A lot of education pieces, a lot of different channels has already been put in place. But I guess certain things require time as well to reach to everyone, right? And to allow them to experience the benefit of digitization of money. I love to ask, like, what's the most unexpected or largest size transaction that you have ever purchased with Gcash? I would say, because this happened during the pandemic, a lot of people were using Gcash peer-to-peer. Mm-hmm. And there was a trend, we call them plantitos, plantitas, where a lot of individuals started growing and buying their own trees. So I was very supportive then. So we used Gcash to buy, I forgot the exact name of the plant, but it came from a province where they had to ship it. They didn't have a bank account. So they were using Gcash. They were using Gcash, yeah. To buy a, a yeah. plant, a tree. Yeah. Fascinating. That was a trend here, but in the Philippines, it's a big trend. Cool. We look forward to seeing more innovations from Gcash, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to see Gcash being used the rest of the world as well. For sure. That's the goal. Thanks for having me. Thanks for dropping by. Thank you for listening to this episode. If you enjoyed the podcast, please like and subscribe. You can find us on LinkedIn, Facebook, or Twitter. To read more about this conversation, go to 2c2p.com slash blog.